You are listening to It's Midnight Somewhere with DJs Mistress McCutcheon and The Wasteland. It's midnight somewhere. It's midnight. Hi, this is Mistress McCutcheon coming to you from downtown Toronto, accompanied by my partner in crime, the DJ known as The Wasteland. Who's coming to you from um, also downtown Toronto, but also underground in downtown Toronto. In the secret lair. In the secret lair. Basement apartment. Uh, Yeah, because I'm a troll and I live in a cave. (laughs) Anyway, um, I'm on my second beer I've stocked up because we are about to go into lockdown officially this week. Uh, What that really means here in Toronto is that we're kind of returning to phase one and a bunch of services and places are going to be closed. Everything's going to be delivery or curbside pickup. And it hasn't really changed my life at all because my privileged ass is still working from home. And uh, here we are recording a podcast. Yeah, it doesn't really change mine either because we're doing curbside uh, drop-off. For the people who know where I work and for everybody else, I'm I'm not putting that on the internet. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. <laughs> so before we get into today's topic, I wanted to address a couple of bands that we hadn't brought up in the last podcast since we had been talking about Chicago because we took a second look and thought, oh, fuck, we didn't include this, this, and this. How silly of us. So the first one, and I think it was uh, um, actually our friend Heather asked during one of our live streams, who is this? Where are they from? And my answer was, oh, fuck, they're from Chicago with Saltillo. Yes. Saltillo has two albums out. The uh, most recent one is called Monocyte. It came out, I believe, in 2012. Uh, They're not on Bandcamp, but you can find them on Storming the Bass. From Chicago, and do you want to describe what they sound like? It's really hard to describe what they sound like. They're they have a lot of stringed instruments, uh, atmospheric, like almost ambient elements going on in there. Um, I don't know. They they have a very unique sound, is the way I would put it. I I only got them into a set list because we we started a new pop up show called Esoterica for those who didn't. Uh, see us give you a half hour heads up where we're playing um, more down tempo or ethereal or ambient pieces and Saltillo rose to the top of the list as something that's definitely not a club banger but is good quality music that I wanted to put out into the world for people who hadn't heard it. Yeah, I I have to agree. It's not something that easily fits into a specific genre, but there are some really fantastic tracks on both of the albums, and I highly, highly recommend checking them out. The other project from the same man who brings you Saltillo that I would recommend is Sunday Munich. Sunday Munich also has two albums available. The latest one came out in 2000, and it's sort of a trip-hop meets Cocteau Twins feel, and they do a really lovely cover of Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here that I really, really like. Um, Again, take a look for them on Discogs. I think uh, if you're into that sort of thing, trip-hop, then... um, yeah, you'll probably dig Sunday Munich as well. So those are two two projects uh, from the same source that uh, based out of Chicago. The other band I wanted to bring up that's also from Chicago is Panic Priest, which I was like, ah, how did we not how do we not mention Panic Priest? Their latest album came out in May of this year and it's called Second Seduction. And one of the first singles that came out was called Lonely City, which they have a very charming video for that was created uh, very quarantine style where they've got isolated folks dancing in their spaces. And uh, it's really, really cool. All right. So today's topic will be... um Related genres, genres that kind of exist on the the edges of goth industrial um, that you may have heard of, you may have heard some elements of here or there, you might even be a fan of some of them, and that would be cool. If not, maybe we could help you learn a thing. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of music that is definitely goth adjacent, varying bands that could be the gateway into 
what is goth music, which again, what is goth, what is not goth has been a debate for the times and will probably be forever debated on the internet by everyone forever and ever and ever and ever. But I think a good starting point as far as gateway uh, music and and goth adjacent sort of music, uh, not necessarily goth, but stuff that goths definitely like. Uh, where would we be without eighties new wave? Yep, I mean, you look at eighties new wave, and not only do you have um, some of the mainstays that you will still hear in most goth clubs with Depeche Mode and and Soft Cell. But you also, in that, you get every once in a while, The Cure creeps in with a hit. You got Duran Duran. And then all those one-hit wonders of the 80s that had such great songs and probably had really great albums. It's just there's so many of them. To dig into all of that would take ages. Yeah. It's funny because I know that my early clubbing times in New York would start at the Pyramid. And the Pyramid had a Thursday night... I don't know if it was still going before uh, before the pandemic, but I will put money on it that it probably was. But their Thursday nights was an 80s new wave night. And that's where you would hear a lot of the regular 80s one hit wonders. You'd hear, of course, like Flock of Seagulls. You'd hear Soft Cell. You'd hear Heaven 17, which are not goth bands, but goths have a love of nostalgia and it just really works and it's fun to dance to but they also played some newer synth pop too at that night um they would play wolfsheim and and things of that nature and they worked it together because realistically wolfsheim draw and and one for you know another one uh really draw heavily on the same dynamic that that depeche mode had so you don't get them without that so that synth pop crossover happens there and they would play a little bit of everything because i used to go to the same night every week for like three years <laughs> yeah it was a it was a, a night that you could depend on on a thursday night if you wanted to get out and go dancing and have cheap drinks and all that jazz it it, it was a lot of fun i will fondly look at uh look at the pyramid for that for sure yeah if they're still running that when when this is over we should go down <laughs> <laughs> I also have a terrible memory of the pyramid because I remember in my foolish, foolish youth trying to keep up with the boys and drinking. It's never a good idea to keep up. No. <laughs> never feel pressured to do more than you think you can handle. But when you're young and stupid, that's what you do. And then you end up christening an entire club in your vomit and feeling like garbage for the following week. So I will always... Also associate that with the pyramid just because you don't keep up with the guys. It's just a bad idea. See, I thought you were going to tell the story where you ran into the pole. That, oh, that's Jesus. That's another one. <laughs> Fuck me and the pyramid, man. <laughs> you also christened it in your blood. So I think I think when you die, they can raise you there now. Oh, Jesus. There's going to be a seance at the pyramid because the blood and vomit of me. The blood and vomit of me has been present on that site. And that's where the seance is going to be. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh. Our yeah, I had four stitches in my eyebrow. Wow. All right. Yeah. So I, I had an awesome black eye. Everybody thought I got beaten up. It was crazy. <laughs> what song do we want to play that I, will exemplify this time period and this uh, this particular genre? Ooh. New wave. I don't. I don't want to play something that's tired. I don't want to play tainted love. I don't want to play any of that. What you got one? I do have a suggestion because again, in that in this flavor where it's it's new wave, maybe the lyrics are a little bit uh, a little bit melancholic, but the music is still fun and still good to dance to, and it's a contemporary of Depeche Mode. I would suggest Camouflage. Yes, yes. And the song that I'm going to suggest is not normally the big hit would be uh, The Great Commandment, which there's a cover floating around somewhere of The Great Commandment that I, I walked into a shop in Montreal one day and thought, holy shit, this is a cover of The Great Commandment by Camouflage. And, and I can't remember what the, what the band is right now, but um, from Camouflage, what I am going to recommend is One Fine Day, because I think we could use that song right now.
so another genre that that we'd like to to talk about because I think we touched on it a little bit at the end of the Chicago episode is actually shoegaze. Um, something we we both listen to. Uh, Laura's more of a fan of it than I am, um, mostly because as I as I said to her it, it, offline last week, um, I really like it. I had a friend who really liked it in high school. I've just I I haven't spent money on it and I can't afford to get into a new genre right now. Um, <laughs> so, so I will listen to whatever anybody else will put on for me, which is great with live streams online. So, um, but shoegaze to me is it's, it's got really uplifting elements in it, but it's still, again, like eighties new wave, uh, melancholic at points in, in the lyrics and, and, you know, it's. It's not always super bouncy, but it's it's not always super, ooh. I don't know how else to describe it, because I'm not as well-versed in this as you. Well, as far as shoegaze goes, there's a couple of really prime examples. Off the top of my head, I think of My Bloody Valentine, and I think of Slow Dive. And the funny thing with shoegaze and where its name even comes from really stems from The Cure and from Cocteau Twins because it's got that really fuzzed out guitar feeling, but it's also sort of the anti-rock star where your head is down and you're looking at your shoes and playing. Um, And it's also got elements of creating sort of this wall of guitar noise like Jesus and Mary Chain. So I can see where the appeal to a goth crowd would be. And it's, again, it's sort of that, it's still holding on to that sort of melancholic, sort of darker feeling, but but it's not goth. What would you, what would you play from that that's not tired and worn out? What would you put in here? Oof, that's a good question. Because I know when I checked out Shim- Shimmer, there were some songs that I really liked that they named the the bands. But I'll be honest, like like I was just like, nope, nope, don't, don't, don't do it. You have a hundred things sitting in your Bandcamp wish list as it is right now. Don't don't go into a whole new genre. Again, dangerous, dangerous. <laughs> so I left my phone on the couch uh, on uh, away from me and kept playing video games. So you pick. <laughs> No, that's fair. I'm really partial to Slow Dive's Suvlaki album. And I think there was a period of time where I listened to that album for a good six months straight. But I feel like throwing in Slow Dive right here is is a little, uh, it's very on the nose. So I'd rather go with a newer example. And it's definitely something that I've discovered through another live stream. And it was through uh, Shimmer. And it comes to us from Dublin, Ireland, actually. And it's the name of the band is called Bitch Falcon, which I thought, okay, odd name, whatevs. But they're available on Bandcamp. The album is called Staring at Clocks. And the track that I'd like to drop in here is called Turn to Gold.
If we're going to bring up shoegaze, we also have to bring up dream pop. Dream pop is is kind of more related to shoegaze as a genre, except that it's less about that fuzzed out guitar and and that feeling. It's dreamy, it's poppy, it's it's sort of sweet and girly. But again, it, I think there's a lot of dream pop that really captures that very melancholic feeling. And um one of the one of the examples that really stands out in my mind is there was a record label based out of Brighton in the UK called Sarah Records that had a lot of different examples of dream pop bands. They were a label that was active from somewhere in the mid 80s till about 1995 or so. Uh, but there are a lot of really great examples of dream pop there. And again, how you would characterize the sound is just sort of that very sweet, poppy, but not, it's not dancey, but it's not shoegaze either. And uh, overall, I think it, it could have quite a lot of appeal for someone who's interested in something very goth adjacent. Uh, another example I would like to cite is a band from the Bay Area known as Them or Us 2, which was a band, um, they've really only had one album. Uh, they had a, a live session that also came out. Um, the primary composer was Cassius Skew, who uh, died in the ghost ship fire back a few years ago when that whole tragedy happened. The surviving member, Kennedy Ashlin, has uh, their own project called SRSQ or SearSQ. Also really good, but it's it's a little, pulls away a little bit from the dream pop element. Um, but I really recommend that you check out their, their one and only album called Remain. Uh, it is a fantastic example of dream pop and probably the only album in the genre I own. But it's, it's really, really, really good and really worth checking out. I'd like to drop in a, a track here now. Um, the, my favorite, the one that pulled me in for the album. Now, the whole album is good. There's a couple really good songs that I'm kind of debating what to put on. But the one that got me in was is the first track called uh, Eudaimonia. Nice.
before we move on with the next genre that we want to talk about, the other recommendation that I really want to make in regards to sort of shoegaze and ethereal and and sort of dream pop, I really want to mention there's a uh, two CD compilation called Splashed with Many a Speck that came out on Dewdrops Records in 1997. You can find that one on Discogs, and I would highly recommend diving into that if this is a genre that interests you, because then you can get some variety on a bunch of different bands. There's some Curtain Society and Faith and Disease and Cocteau Twins and Lanterna on it. So if this is your jam, I think compilations are a really great way to start so that you can investigate a lot of different kinds of bands. So I had to give that a mention. Where do we want to go from here? So we've talked about 80s new wave as well as shoegaze and dream pop. So from here... I think we get noisier um, because uh, when we were putting this together, it really felt like you had three really light and airy ones that were fun. And then I came in and I was like, but what if I just dropped a hammer on the floor? And that's what some of this might sound like. (laughs) One of the things that we covered previously when we had Derek Rush on is obviously noise and and the broader aspect of that. And we, we brought him on because noise is definitely on on the um the the outskirts of what goth and industrial is but what came into the fold for a bit there at least in the mid-aughts was uh rhythmic and power noise um i think we all at this point if you were around at that time you've been to some show where sparks were flying over your head because if you didn't you were probably like me and lived in a part of the world where those bands didn't tour. Thank you, South Texas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, like like we we discussed noise with Derek, so I don't really want to get back into that and rehash that because that was a very interesting episode to listen to on its own. But um, I think over the years, rhythmic noise has really um, progressed itself with bands like ESA and Avardan Sphere and uh, This Morning Mina and Akama Sots. All, all, well, Akama Sots we've played and we've played ESA. We featured them on one of our new Bandcamp episodes. Um, they're, they're doing a lot different things. It's not just guys banging on beer kegs anymore. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just when you're doing it for 10 years, it might get <laughs> old unless you're neubauten and you can do whatever the fuck you want (laughs) by the way neubauten is coming out with new material december 4th new album is coming i saw that on their instagram and got very excited so that's definitely something to put on your calendar because december 4th is also the next Bandcamp friday nice so it's a good day for buying music Uh, mark your calendars because that'll also be a good day to catch prophecy live December 4th. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Sh- shameless self-promotion. It's got to happen. But uh, yeah, the, the, the most interesting aspect that came out of Rhythmic Noise for me has been the stuff that leans into the tribal feel because it's something that really speaks to me on like a primal level. And it's more interesting, again, than somebody kicking a beer can for an hour and a half on a stage um, because many of the bands will use analog instruments. Uh, a Varden Sphere uses a lot of different percussion on stage, and so does this Mornamina, which are probably two of my more favorite bands. But then you have more purely electronic bands, uh, like what Stoneburner's doing and Akama Soats. They're a little less organic and more electronic, but they still have that, that raw energy. Is there an example of a track that you'd like to drop in here? So yes, I do have a, an example. Um, I'm going to go a little bit outside of the the bands that I mentioned, which if you know anything about this genre, or even if you've kind of been close enough to it, or you, you've been at a night where they're going to play some overlap with that, you've probably heard of all the bands I've mentioned. So I would like to play a track from a, bit, a group called Tribal AD. Um, this is a track called La Nicotina. And there, it's a remix by Nahag.
So speaking on the travel tip, that brings to mind World Fusion. And the starting point from there would be Dead Can Dance's first album, which is a self-titled album that came out in 1984 and was certainly embraced by a lot of goths because it embodied a lot of dark elements and also a lot of world instruments and, and introduced folks into things that were maybe not so known or expected at the time, hearing dulcimer, hearing different types of drumming and stuff like that. So I would include world fusion as as a goth adjacent genre to a certain degree, because then there are certainly other bands that take from that sort of pool that uh, Dead Can Dance has already swam through. I know that a lot of folks compare the Indian-born Iranian singer Azam Ali. Uh, she sounds a lot like Lisa Gerard, but she definitely has her own thing going on. She's been involved in a band called Vas, and more recently a band called Niaz, which is sort of a Persian-Indian fusion, which a lot of folks I think will really appreciate and enjoy. And I feel that between Deck and Dance and Niaz, they're is certainly a, a there's certainly a place for that style of music because also within that style of music you could definitely connect the dots between that music and goth belly dancers and a lot of that music kind of comes into play because then you get music like Maduro and Blind Divine. There was a really fantastic compilation that came out several years ago called Strange Flesh. And it's got various bands on it from Nosos to Maduro to Angels of Venice to The Shroud. Again, it's it sort of fits in with the whole goth belly dance aesthetic uh, because this could be a whole other topic that I don't want to get into, but I'll lightly touch on here. In my opinion, goth belly dance is a theme, not a style of belly dance because... Goth belly dance could be based off of traditional style Egyptian Middle Eastern belly dance, and it can also be based off of what's called fusion belly dance, where it takes in elements of uh, hip hop dance and other styles uh, like classical Indian, as well as North African and Middle Eastern dances. But I don't want to get all involved in that right now in this podcast because we're just talking about the music. But um, Strange Flesh has got a lot of really interesting tracks on it that, again, if this is something that you are interested in, in exploring further, I think you'll really appreciate that compilation. As Amelie, Niaz, early Dead Can Dance is a lot darker, but then the more recent Dead Can Dance albums, you definitely have a very wide range of world fusion going on. Uh, so I think that would qualify itself as a goth adjacent genre. Um, as far as a song pick here, I'm going to go with Solace and here's Blood Oil Gold.
All right. Well, you leaned into a little bit and mentioned hip hop. So I wanted to call out there's a, a growing trend right now with industrial hip hop. We did touch on that also with one of our new new song episodes uh, when we dropped in clipping at the end. Um, aside from clipping, there's a couple of other acts, one out of Montreal called uh, Backwash, which it's one word with an X in between. So I hope I'm saying that right because I don't speak French. Uh I don't think that's French, but <laughs> I'm gonna roll with that. Um, the other, <laughs> the other, the other act that um, I really like, and I actually saw open for Three Teeth, is Horror. Which, if you're gonna try to look it up on Bandcamp, it is spelt H O nine nine O nine. The O's are letter O. Um, they even gave a whole spiel when I saw them open for Three Teeth. How it is horror. And not uh, Ho 9909, which is what somebody called them. Uh, it was kind of funny. <laughs> Ho 9909. Uh, they're actually uh, from Newark, New Jersey. Um, uh, and one of the in- very interesting things that I like about this new developing uh, subgenre is it is largely people of color. Um, Clipping is David Diggs and um, the other two guys that do all the music, whose names I always forget. Um, but David is always front and center as a black man, and horror is two black men, and um, backwash is one black, uh, I'm going to say person, because I'm not sure their pronouns, and the way they present seems to go back and forth. So I don't want to make okay. that... I don't want to screw that up. Um, but uh, for horror, I would... Really, the the song that I've always liked is called Street Power. Um, One of the other interesting things about them is not only are they drawing on industrial influences and hip-hop influences, but they draw on a lot of punk. Um, So this song also has that going on in there. And it's really what like the, all the music you would have gotten in an inner city all balled into one and thrown into a song. So nice. I'd like to put that in here.
day, we all believe in something. We all believe in the creator, whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God or whatever this shit is, but you are a human being. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could be like, you, he could let this wheel go right now. God ain't going to fucking grab the wheel and take us back home. Nigga, we going to crash. And then the last one, because I can't let it go without mentioning it, and especially if you're going to talk about inner cities, we got to go back to the man himself, Alec Empire. Uh, Digital Hardcore Recordings. Digital Hardcore was uh, kind of... I want (sighs) to... The record label didn't last forever. Obviously, it didn't even make it out of the 90s. But there are are a couple of bands I've seen lately call themselves Digital Hardcore, including uh, Chrysalide out of Paris, I believe. They're French. Um, Again, I don't speak French, so everything's Paris. Uh, Uh, I'm terrible. Uh, Don't tell that to the Québécois. uh, No, then it's all Montreal, right? Right. Um, I'm awful. Actually, the one time I went to Montreal, they were all like, you're from Toronto, you don't speak French? And I'm like, no, I'm American. And they were like, oh, and all of a sudden, and I was already better than all the Toronto Tonians there that didn't speak French. Oh, it's shit. Like, they felt okay. bad for me. <laughs> oh, you're American. You're stupid, <laughs> but you're fun. <laughs> right. Anyway, digital hardcore. So if you're not sure why I say... um uh, speaking of an inner city and Alec Empire, Alec Empire uh, formed Atari Teenage Riot uh, late 80s, early 90s. It draws on a lot of different elements of uh, techno, uh, breakbeats, Rotterdam style, uh, and it definitely has guitars and an industrial influence as well. And it is true protest music like industrial was at its, at its roots. Uh, for those who don't know, Alec Empire grew up uh, two blocks from the Berlin Wall. That's where his childhood was spent. Yeah, so he's got a real strong political um, message in a lot of his music. Uh, The trick with this is, for podcast purposes, trying to put on any of the classic tracks, a lot of them were uh, produced like, like... electronic versions of punk songs. They all sound like they were in a garage. So... But having gone through my catalog a bit today of ATR, the one song that they produced recently, or more recently, was in 2010. It's a track called Activate, which really captures the fervor of those original tracks. Um, And I'd like to drop that in here. If they would tell you where to pause, would you intervene? Music is a weapon. Sounds like a threat. Let the bass terrorize their snow. Turn them back. Let's go for you. 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 Let
wanted to bring up varying genres that are goth adjacent, not just to help expand your music collection, but just to sort of discuss these varying themes within the music uh, that express melancholy and darkness and that kind of fit in where your interests may lie, but aren't necessarily goth. Because there's definitely very clear boundaries as far as like what's industrial, what's goth, what's goth rock and and stuff like that. And we can get really into splintering varying genres and and it gets to be a little bit of uh, hair splitting at some point because you can listen to stuff and go, well, is this death rock? Is this goth rock? Is this horror punk? Is this industrial? Is this more electro over industrial or is this dark techno? And it gets to be, uh, it starts to get a little complicated. It's one of the reasons why I don't really adhere to a lot of genres when we do prophecy because I want to make it interesting. And I think anybody who's sat through one of my Psalms nights, I don't stick with one sound for more than like three or four songs in a row. Yeah, yeah, I totally get it. And I mean, I didn't even bring up Project Records because then in talking about ethereal we started Esoterica as sort of a pop-up in the middle of the afternoon to make it a non-dance party and kind of play some of the more mellow and quieter stuff out of our collection since Prophecy is a dance party. And we were like, well, what's what kind of music do we want to put out and, and feature and share that isn't necessarily something that's going to get asses wiggling on a dance floor, but something that you want to just sit back and listen to and enjoy. But there's also the the sort of shoehorning in genres that I'm not a fan of. Let it go. Because Come on, let it out. Oh. I know you want to. Just say it. <laughs> Just say it. I have to bring up steampunk. <laughs> I have to bring up steam- steampunk because I want to make it I want to make it very clear that steampunk is not a music genre. I think folks are trying too hard to force it into one, but it's not. While I appreciate the aesthetic of steampunk because I am a huge fan of Victorian ephemera, steampunk is romanticizing an era that never existed and it pulls in scientific, sort of these sci-fi elements uh, and it brings in fiction from H.P. Lovecraft and of course Jules Verne and all that jazz, but it isn't a music genre. And I really, really have a bone to pick because folks, I think, are trying too hard to force it to be one. And it doesn't really work. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. You know, um, they're just, I I, I can't, I don't even know where to start. It's a really uh, interesting fashion genre for the people who do it well. It's really easy to do it poorly. But, um, you know, it's a fashion genre to me. And that's it. And that's and the music influences style. It's not really the other way around. Right. I I have one I want to throw I mean, in. I have a genre I want to okay. throw in because um we live in Toronto and this just came to mind as you were talking about steampunk and um there there's one thing I hear very often at uh, goth in industrial clubs uh, and I'm always like what the fuck and that is new metal is not goth. <laughs> New metal isn't goth. New metal isn't goth. So so I don't understand why every time I go out, it's like, okay, yeah, you know what? I actually like some new metal bands. I like Tool. I like the Deftones. I, I like some of that stuff. I, I don't want to pay to go to a goth industrial night and hear Tool again. Ever. 
forever. Yeah, I mean, I I like when I can go to a night and there's a mix of genres. That's really fun. But I want to I want to know. Like I want an accurate advertisement of the night I am paying to get into. Because like if I'm going to a night that is being advertised as a goth rock, death rock night, that's what my expectations are set as. That's what I'm expect expecting to hear. Yep. If I'm going to an Italo disco night, that's what I'm expecting to hear. Yep. I like when I go to a party that can have some variety. I mean, I'm not so stuck on like, oh, it can only be this and that's it. Like, I like having some variety and I like being surprised by, oh, shit, this is really good. Yep. Like, one of the songs that I threw in my set the other week, I was getting all death rock up in here. And then I threw on a Flock of Seagulls song. I just sneaked it right in and people went, holy shit, is this a Flock of Seagulls song? Because a Flock of Seagulls is always known as a one-hit wonder band, but... I'm sorry, you really need to listen to their catalog. Their catalog is pretty deep. Their catalog is pretty there's deep. There's far more, far more than I ran. There is far more. So I think that requires a bit more digging uh, if that's your impression of Flock Seagulls. And I like being surprised when something really works in a night, it works. But uh, but I, I'm not a fan of metal. So anytime I hear metal, my ears are going to close up and just be like, nope, nope, well, nope, that's. Nope. Part of why we we have always marketed prophecy as a dark dance party because we kind of hit all the bases and and we stay within that bounds. I mean, even even the other night, okay, at uh, the the last Psalms, I I played a a dubstep remix of a Prodigy song, but it worked and it was a darker it song. It worked and people fucking loved yeah, it. Yeah, people went crazy. <laughs> People, people are really happy about it. And, you know, and that's really what it comes down to is it's it's tough as a DJ DJing on Twitch right now, because when you're DJing in a club setting, you need to be able to read the room and know, oh, OK, is this what people want? Because to a degree, you have some ego as a DJ and you're like, this is the music I want to share. But you need to read the room so that your your audience is happy, because if you're keeping them on the dance floor, then they're having a good time. But then you need to know when to give them a break so they can go hit the bar and keep drinking because that's how you get paid. But yeah, when shit works, sometimes it just fucking works and and you can read it on people. When you're on Twitch, it's hard to read the room because you just have to see what's going on in the chat. And people really got a kick out of it and were like, holy shit, this is great. And it worked. It did because of where I put it. Like it was totally, it just went from one song right into it. Like nobody expected it. And I followed it up with the uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn from Northbourne, who's the former keyboard player, the the live keyboard player from Icon of Coil. Can't find his stuff anywhere anymore. Can't even tag him on Facebook. Um, but he, hmm. he had that track on a random comp I have and haven't heard from him since. And that comp I think came out in like 2011? 12 so huh. so yeah so i was like yeah i want to play that and i'll play the prodigy one and then we got out of any kind of dubstepy soundy stuff because there's just very very short attention span for that i have <laughs> that is fair dubstep had a, a time and a place and that time is over and that place was the garbage uh <laughs> <Touché>. <laughs> all right uh are we, are we gonna wrap it up now are we wrapping up? Yeah, I think I think to sum up this whole episode, I I wanted to just say that, you know, here we are discussing music and I hope folks can feel free to explore what they like cuz if you like something, fucking like it. And that's cool. And I think there's just so much music out there. It's it's really difficult to know what to look for and 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 how you source your music. Um, because that's why we listen to varying DJs and, and their streams. And we are constantly looking up stuff on Bandcamp and Discogs and all sorts of different sources because we want to know and we want to consume all the music because it's really a lifesaver and music is our lifeblood. And especially in times like this, it's, it's, it can bring you to another place and it just feels really good. 
I mean, I think we're both uh, definitely addicts of, of music. This is this is our addiction and our problem. And uh, we've been spending a lot of fucking money on music in this time. And um, and we're happy to share it and discuss what we like, what we don't like. And if you like our taste and, and you're interested in hearing uh, some other recommendations, that's what we're here for. We're here for you. And if you don't like our taste, then... At least you know, and whatever you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> how, how have you made it this far into a podcast if you don't like what we're playing? Um, beyond that, <laughs> beyond that, if you could think of something we might like that we haven't touched on at all, definitely drop us an email at uh, it's midnight somewhere podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you think we're dead wrong about steampunk, we invite you to try and change our minds. Probably won't work. Oh, fight me on it, fight but, me. Uh, you might have to fight Laura. Um, she's been practicing more than I have lately, so she's probably the tougher one to take right now. <laughs> she's in shape, and I'm a shape. <laughs> but yeah, if you're if you're digging what we do, and you want to make another recommendation uh, or something we may have missed, we are also on Facebook under It's Midnight Somewhere. Oh, I've just been handed a note from our producer as of this recording, since. We are recording on Sunday night, and this podcast is about to go out. Speaking of music that isn't goth, but stuff that goths enjoy, the goddess, the Icelandic goddess, Bjork, it is her birthday today. She's 55 years old. And uh, yeah, Bjork is, she is a fucking genius. I her, Big fan of her music. She has a live she has a live stream broadcast coming up in January that is a ticketed event online, and she is going to be performing with an orchestra in Iceland. Ooh. If you're a fan of Bjork, you're going to want to investigate that. Tickets are really reasonable. I think they're like 15 pounds, which is like 25 Canadian or something. I was going to say that's kind of heavy. Uh, 15 pounds. Ha ha ha. All right, a shape. Let's wrap this fucking thing up. So, because uh, I've been drinking and now I need to eat some food. But um, many thank yous to Robin Bright, who has written our theme music, to Marion Green, who's designed our logo and our artwork that you can find on stickers. If you want a sticker, go to morbidoutlook.com sticker and you can get some there. Many, many thanks to our producer, Justin Minister, who makes us sound good when we act like a bunch of fucking fools and which is frequent is frequent and you know he he also deals with all the shenanigans we pull when um we're offline (laughs) he puts up with a lot of stuff for no dollars so thank you justin that wraps it up until next time This podcast was almost called, I don't want to pay to go to a goth industrial night and hear Tool again. Ever. Ever. Ever.